You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jafri. And this is Zeba. Hassan, you looked like confused for a hot second like what was running through your head (laughs) no my like network all of a sudden was like freezing and I'm like no no not at the very beginning of the recording not right now (laughs) oh my goodness well I have to say like I'm excited because we got to see each other last weekend IRL in person Mm -hmm. and we were supposed to do this recording together Yes, but then in person. We, we in person. So I'm a little bit bummed, but we were enjoying our. T- I feel like we were enjoying ourselves so much. Oh that my we gosh, didn't so get a chance fun. to. So you want to tell everybody what we did and how exciting that was for us? Yeah, um, I think we've talked about it on a couple of episodes and just kind of gave you a little bit of a hint about Quad M Shops. I know on social media, we have probably exhausted those people who only follow us on social media. But for those of you who actually listen to the podcast, um, go to our social media because we have some really cute reels, some collaborations that we did with the amazing Muslim womenpreneurs and mompreneurs that we met over there. We also happened to break the bank. I don't know about you, Zeba. I did not intend to spend that much money on stuff after just decluttering my house for Ramadan. But, you know, I love everything I bought. So yeah, and and you're supporting other Muslim entrepreneurs and female Muslim entrepreneurs. So if you're going to spend the money, spending it within your own community is probably the best thing to do. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah, I wasn't because a lot of the stuff was for me. I didn't buy a lot of stuff for my kids. So. <laughs> You're like too bad. Well, you know, for me, like, because I of the shipping. Gifts for my children. It's like, oh yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, like, darn it. But I am going to be going online um, and buying it online. So that's oh. the thing that we're going to do. Because for shipping, I, I I was traveling literally cross country hours and hours. So I didn't want to have to carry oh. anything. So I will be shipping things for my nieces and nephews that, and my kiddos and obviously support our um, female entrepreneurs. But yeah, it was so great because, you know, I don't really have that many um, Muslim friends other than the ladies I grew up with, like you and Rubina and a couple of people like that. And so it was so nice to be in a situation where I was the token, you know, non-hijabi. I love that. Um, And we I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. I was like... Wait a second. This I didn't is like even realize. None of us of realized. A- we were like, oh, yeah, you don't wear hijab. Big deal. <laughs> You're like, too bad. So sad. Um, but I have to say, I loved it. I was definitely, um, you know, felt welcome in the community. And these ladies were just amazing. So to new friendships, Amin. And that's kind of what we're, we're talking a Amin. little bit about today. It's like that concept of connection and spirituality. Um, because... Ramadan is here by the time this airs. Ramadan is going to be here. So how are Ramadan you Mubarak. feeling? Ramadan Mubarak. How are you feeling about it? Like, I feel like it kind of snuck up a little bit early this year. Maybe not. Um, it does move up 10 days earlier every single year. So that's not year. neither here nor there. So how are you feeling about it? Like, you know, me, I always have a mixed bag. So I'm going to let you go in and yeah. talk about like the excitement and I'll come in and be the damper. The damper to your excitement. Excitement. Excitement uh, curbed by a little bit of apprehension because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going back to the masjid for Tarawi. Oh and this goodness. was initiated by my husband because he was yes. like, I think we need to go back to Tarawi. And I was like, 
are you sure? Like, you know, a lot of our masjid folks still don't wear masks, although right at the front, before you can get into the masjid, there's like the temperature checker. We've got one of those digital things where you walk up and it checks your temperature. We've got the masks ready. Um, you know, that's what I've seen from the outside of the masjid selling Girl Scout cookies right outside of Jilma this year. Um, and I thought, okay, that's really good that they're doing that. But Tarawi, like you're there for a while, like yeah. a good hour, hour and a half, depending on how many you're reading. And our masjid does 20 rakas. So... Um, for those who are listening, Tarawih is the night prayer. It's a voluntary prayer that Muslims uh, perform uh, in the month of Ramadan. And in it, they are hearing the recitation of the Quran, their scripture in its entirety, one section at a time. And there's 30 sections. So the goal is to finish it as a congregation once during the month of Ramadan. Meanwhile, at home, you're trying to read it like one or two times on your own. We think that we're going to get a lot of brownie points for doing more acts of worship. So this is a really important act of worship for our family. Most young moms, um, I'm not going to lie, I have felt this to feel unwelcome in the masjid space because their babies cry, their kids run around because kids do not have to pray this. Um, menstruating women obviously don't have to pray, so they're usually not there. Um, and so women with little kids usually will not come. I skipped a couple of years and it was such a bad Ramadan experience for me that I knew I had to go. So even when I was breastfeeding, even when I had a kid strapped to my back, I was praying, um, but I needed to do that. And so um, for our family, it is really, really important. So the last three, was it two Ramadans that we've spent? Yes. Yeah, no, two pandemic two, Ramadans. Two pandemic and one, yeah, and this is yeah. the first one back. That's right. Oh, my God. This is the third. Explain. Yeah. Third. So two pandemics, like praying Tarawi at home has been different. Mm -hmm. Still a magical experience, but it has been different than going to the masjid, you know, and like praying shoulder to shoulder with your friends and your peers um, and your masjid family. So I'm apprehensive because I'm afraid, as you, we were talking about before the recording, a close friend of ours who's done everything right got infected recently and got really sick. And I can't afford to do that because my daughter's restarting her immunotherapy and she's going to be immunocompromised for the next six months. So I'm really, really scared that we're going to either pick something up or bring something home to her. So I don't know if it's the best decision for us right now. However, it's Ramadan. I'm always excited about Ramadan because that's when I feel like I'm my best self. So does that answer your question? No, I love that. Okay, so let's let's unpack that a little bit. Why do you feel... I'm, we're flip, I'm flipping the lid. I'm, I, I'm like, <laughs> why do you feel like Ramadan brings out your best self? So what is it about that month that makes you feel like, okay, I'm putting my best foot forward? Like, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've lately felt more and more, you know, as I'm listening to our old um, sessions and creating new content out of them. You mentioned sometimes Ramadan Muslim, and I'm like, I'm realizing I'm a Ramadan Muslim. Um, that's when I am willing to make the changes that are necessary for my mental and spiritual health that I'm not willing to invest in during the rest of the year. I'm still trying to figure out why that is, because busyness is just a thought. You're yes. only as busy as you think you are, because there's people that we know who, I mean, come on, they are not busy in our book, <laughs> but in their yeah. book, they're really busy. And in our books, we're really busy, but are we? Are we? are we like maybe they're not the only ones who need to rethink their business maybe we do too yes. and so I'm trying to get there and trying to figure out why that is I'm not really sure where the barakah goes in my time um, the blessings in my time after Ramadan but I'm going to try to be really conscious of the changes that I make every day and because I'm going to be waking up earlier 
it's time to journal, like actually put my thoughts down on a piece of paper with all these beautiful journals that I've gotten now from Quad M. Thank you, Muslim Planners USA. Um, So I'm super excited to kind of track a pattern and figure out what it is that I'm doing that I can continue doing during the rest of the year. I know I say that every year, but I feel like by the end of um, Shawal, it's over, you know, the month after Ramadan, like pretty much that first week, it's like, okay, fizzles out. So you, you feel that it, it fizzles out, but, but I, I want to remind you that you're not a Ramadan Muslim. You're not. Oh, so, you're so sweet. Y- yeah, you need to change that, <laughs> ja- that narrative. But I also want you to recognize like how you feel when you're during, and that's what the feeling of that is what needs to be translated. Meaning you're, it's not like you're practicing mm-hmm. only during the month of Ramadan, but that concept of super deep connection, I think is what you're trying to focus yeah. on continuing forward, not necessarily right. the the practice right. for the sake of practicing, because that's a little bit different. I feel mm-hmm. that people don't, there are some people that are true Ramadan Muslims and may God, you know, bless them. I, I don't care. They're like, during Ramadan, I fast, but hey, as soon as at least over, you are. You, you're doing it. And I love that. But the concept of connection and spirituality really should be carried throughout the year. And we're not talking about hours and hours of worship, right? Where that like, I'm going to lock myself into a room and this is what I'm going to do. Really, that connection can happen in two to three minutes a day. And that's what people don't get. They think it's either all or nothing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, I'm having a little bit of a mental breakdown. Let me stop, put my head on the, the, the mat, the prayer mat and get reconnected. And really it takes two to three minutes. So that is something I feel like that's a small tangible things that people can take forward. And so I love that you're, you're journaling, because I've been telling you that for a while and trying to figure out patterns of behavior, which is another great reason. I didn't have pretty enough journals. (laughs) I know. And now somebody made it for you. But but I love that. So what are you going to do as a mom to kind of, you know, reiterate that concept of the actual reality of what Islam or or what is uh, fasting is actually supposed to be about, right? It's not just about starving yourself and I have to pray, make sure I'm Mm -hmm. praying all that. What, how are you going to like tell that and share that with your children? Cause that's, cause your children are getting older, mine are getting older and that spirituality and that connection to Allah Subhanahu is really what we want to focus on for the month of Ramadan, not just what's, what are we having for iftar? So how are you going to introduce that to your children? Well, practical aspect, you know, our masjid, even though they're opening, they have been open for Tarawih actually for a couple of years now. Um, they're not doing the iftars like they used to, so I still have to cook. Yeah. So iftar time, dinner time, I think is a good time to be like, okay, you know, we're going back to praying as a family because that's something that also stops happening after Ramadan. Typically, we'll only yes. pray together like Zohar and Mahram yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So um, during Ramadan, I love it because then we're praying Jama like, you know, throughout the day together. It, you know, at least my homeschooling ones will be. And, um, you know, discussing like how did the fast go? What are the choices that we could, we made that could have been made better? Um, what do we need to prep for tomorrow? I would really love because I essentially have two kids in middle school, one about to enter, one about to go to high school. I think it's time to have those like kitchen table talks mm-hmm. that I grew up having. And it was particularly in Ramadan where, you know, the stories um, 
from the Quran, the uh, stories of the prophets were shared with me. And it, you know, I feel like sharing any stories of the prophets is good any time of the year, but particularly in Ramadan because of the characteristics of our prophets, you know, patience, fortitude, resilience, iman, um, tawakkul Allah, awareness of Allah. That's always, always, I think it hits harder in Ramadan. And I want my kids to feel that love and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he had towards his prophets. I want them to strive to make it like, to do, to emulate the prophet so that Allah loves them like he loved them. You know what I mean? Right. A long time ago, I heard something someone said, I don't think it's a hadith or anything, but it's you do the fard or the obligatory acts because you love Allah. And then you do the sunnah, you know what the prophets did specifically what Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, did. But you perform the sunnah so that Allah will love you. Right. And I think that's really important. Because, you know, my kids, they shortcut, they do what they're required, and then they run. So nobody really has the habit of performing the sunnah. So I would love to share these stories with them so that they feel like incentivize themselves inherently to do it. I don't think I'm going to require them to. I've never done that. Um, but I think I'm going to ask that they consider doing that this year because they're older, you know, and these right. are practices that they can, you know, fulfill on their own. And I remember doing it as an adult and th- feeling really good about my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I would like to share that with them this year. I love that. I absolutely love that. So inshallah, that will happen. So tell me about you. Inshallah. Yeah. Pray for me. Pray for my family. But tell me about your Ramadan, what your anticipatory feelings are and what your (laughs) anticipatory plan is this year. Well, you know, I always, it's a known, I'm not the best fasting person. Um, And there's a reason why. Okay. Because I do believe that you should carry that spirituality throughout. Like I'm not a big believer in I only want to do this during Ramadan and let's try not to be focused and which I love. I love that people do that. And I love that. but, But I, for me, I feel like I should be doing that one throughout the year anyway. Right. So that's the one thing. And two, Mm -hmm. you know, unlike like you're, you have homeschoolers and things like that. I have two fasting um, kids. I have a third one who this year is like, I really want to fast. Awesome. Um, And they're in school all day and they have their practices. They have, and so it's not like we have that opportunity to sit and relax or sit and do this or like we're on the go, 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 go. So that obviously becomes physically exhausting. I'm this year, I'm going to try to change my narrative instead of being complaining, complaining about it. I'm going to focus on, okay, I want to continue. I want to have the patience because it's the patience that I lacked specifically during Ramadan. And I recognize that. And that is something I'm going to be focusing on. Um, but we also don't have that community. So that is something I like, in journaling, mm-hmm. in looking back, I realized what is it about Ramadan that brings up some triggered memories and tr- triggered feelings in me? And I recognize it's because one, we don't have family near where we live. We don't really have that close um, connection to the extended community. And because we are unmasked, which is what we call it, we don't have a connection to um, a masjid near us. So we don't have that feeling of the the communal feeling that I had growing up. So part of me has that FOMO and that kind of, 
I can't believe that I'm missing out on this and I can't provide that for my children. I think it's funny because a lot of people just assume like I get invited every day. We don't. Um, and we spend ETH by ourselves, you know, like, so it becomes, it is actually a very lonely experience. I love that my personal family, we get super connected. Like you said, we have those frank conversations at the kitchen table. I'm a big believer in reading the Quran in English, specifically during Ramadan, because I want my kids, it's not just about reading it in Arabic to get the, I, I, no, I want them to understand what it is that we're meaning, what we're reading, what are the meanings behind it? You know, we break down, like, honestly, one surah can take weeks to really break down if you oh. do it the way that it's supposed to, that I feel like you're supposed to, to really understand when it was revealed, why was it revealed at that time, what was going on historically, blah, blah, blah. So I, I really am trying to focus that particular um, section for my kids. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I'm realizing now, I think I'm grumpy and I think I'm sad because it's coming from a fear of, you know, missing out. Like we don't have that. So for this year, coincidentally, we have um, spring break overlapping for the first week. And so we're going to go home. We're going to go home. We're going to go to Chicago. We're going to see our families. And our kids are so excited because to have that traditional iftar, taravi type of experience, because of course the masjids there, in my opinion, are a little bit more um, equipped for that. I'm not dissing the DMV area Mm -hmm. by any means, but they're you know, they had that when I was growing up and I'm old now, you know, so like, it's just that much more established, I feel like, than the communities here. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being with family, opening our fast together. Um, They'll get some of, you know, Dadi and Dada John's cooking versus Mama's cooking, you know, it's always a little bit different. Um, And Mm -hmm. maybe being with their cousins a little bit, I think, um, my hope is that they'll have that concept and that feeling of community that I feel personally we're lacking. So I don't even know if I just had a uh, emotional breakthrough on camera right now, or if I actually answered your question, no clue, but I'm going to try not to be a grumpy fasting <laughs> person this year. And I hope God <laughs> helps me with that plan. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, so I mean, I think that that's incredible. And, you know, it is, it is such a special feeling as an adult with children to go back and have iftar with your family. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. have that until my parents uh, moved here a few years ago. And it, it's just a whole nother beast because now you're helping with the yeah. preparations. And, you know, back when I was growing up, I was helping with the cleanup and setting the table and All taking it down. Anyways, but yeah. I didn't do the cooking, you know? So yeah. this is like a whole nother level. Like, it feels like you've arrived. For those of you who have stayed close to home and close to your families, like, you don't realize the blessing that you have. Or maybe you do. You know, I may Allah increase you and keep you with your families. But for those of us who left home and, you know, basically never went back... It is, it, it's, there's a lot of withdrawal, I feel yeah. like, that you have. And I love that you realize that that's probably what it is. Um, and I do hope um, that you are able to connect, especially for your younger set, 
in your local uh, Muslim community to kind of make that Ramadan feeling special. I know at our masjid, a couple of moms got together and did a really cute pre-Ramadan party at the masjid. So the kids like made cookies and made some cars, which is really sweet. They were super excited, trashed the masjid, but they have such a (laughs) positive association with it, right? Like we got to eat frosting out of a tube and like, yay, Ramadan. So they're super duper excited. Ramadan lists are coming to me. They're being changed on a daily basis, like what they want for Eid. And then, you know, some friends and I got together um, first to, you know, celebrate the beginning, like just moms only so that we could be like, okay, we're about to get super busy and yeah. not see each other for an entire month because our priorities are spiritual connection Your with family. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But let's just touch base, share some of what you and I are sharing here with each other mm-hmm. so that we can have the most successful Ramadan as moms because I've, you know, I know my mom did this. Your mom probably did this too. They spent all of Ramadan in the kitchen. Oh, the whole time. All of Ramadan in the kitchen. (laughs) Until they realized, a lot later, my mom realized it's better to get everything ready ahead of time so that you can just fry the samosas, fry the pakoras, fry whatever, you know, right before iftar and the rest of the day, she would have time for her own worship, which I didn't really see her doing. Um, as a young child. So mom sharing notes beforehand. And then again, we went out, did a picnic and did some crazy, you know, crafts and stuff with the kids. But basically they ran around the park high on sugar. But again, anticipating Ramadan and getting really excited. I think those are the kinds of small things like you don't even need to be, you could still be demosked, I think, and create these kinds of events and participate in these kinds of events and create that excitement for the young generation, for the younger set that you've got at home. So that's yeah. just a little piece of advice that I have. I, I, I love that. And I, and I might actually do that. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, at our local mosque, specifically, the the demographic is younger. Like they're uh, actually my yeah. number three is on the older side, even of that younger demographic. So oh. it's a little bit harder for my older set to feel that um, connection, connection that they do yeah. feel when they do go home, go back and visit their uncles and aunts in Chicago and um, in, in, in the yeah. Milwaukee area. So my hopes is, you know, before, you know, everybody knows my older one is about to go to college and, you know, we're talking a little bit and I'm like, you know, you need to start um, thinking about um, joining the MSA and things like that. And, and I said, just if, if anything, you have this instant connection. I know that sounds crazy, but you do. You have an instant connection um, and commonality. You have something in common. And so, you know, obviously you're different people, but you have something in common. So I just feel like um, I agree. You have to model that type of behavior. You have to go and seek it out to the extent that the, that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, I, and I definitely want to try to do that. World where productivity and success are the hot topics of discussion, but patriarchal systems are still commonplace, it's both refreshing and inspiring to see a woman of color take on the task of re examining what it means to be productive and successful, while also starting a conversation around a topic that has traditionally been domineered by old white men. The Genius Illuminated podcast focuses on going deeper into what it means to be successful and proposes that we all need to access our genius, and it's done through carefully crafted interviews with women. Tune into season one of the Genius Illuminated podcast, which drops every Wednesday from February 2nd until March 2nd. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, or at www.fireflystrategies.com and click on the Genius Illuminated podcast tab.
it was hard in the last two years, right? Because it was COVID. So really everybody oh, was right. doing what we were doing for the last gazillion years. But I feel like this year people are re- ready to kind of venture out a little bit. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Now, that's where some of my apprehension comes in, right? Because uh, I have heard over and over, now that COVID is over, now that COVID is over, COVID is very much You're not like, it's over, not folks. over people. Like, we are, <laughs> what, what, who told you <laughs> it's over? Because after Memorial Day, we anticipate another spike coming up. So this will be after Eid, right? So that's just the nature of the viruses. Like if uh, anybody wants to go back and listen to um, our interview with Syrah Mother that we did, um, right as the pandemic was happening and she explained like there's this cyclical, it's a cyclical event and it's going to take years. So people thinking that COVID is over, you're so wrong. We are identifying yeah. new mutants. You're wrong. Pretty much every week. <laughs> yeah. We are counting cases pretty much every week. So please, please, if you're going to the masjid, um, please continue wearing your mask. I know what the CDC said. I know what your states are saying. Please wear the mask to mitigate your risk, mitigate your children's risk, mitigate the risk to people like my daughter who will not have any B cells for six months. It's really, really important. Your lovely um, grandparents that are out there, you know, to protect them, please continue wearing masks outdoors. Um, if you can do high fives and elbow bumps, I get it, but it's Ramadan. We're going to start hugging and kissing. Just do it through the mask. You know, it, yeah. a kiss is a kiss, right? Um, so that's where my apprehension comes in because I'm just so, so afraid that part of that spike that we're going to see after Memorial Day is going to include our population of Muslims who were exposed multiple times during the month of Ramadan and at Eid. So we, we have to just kind of keep keep up to date on like the CDC's um, recommendations and things like that? Is that kind of what you're recommending for people? Well, I mean, the CDC is like saying masks are okay to take off now. So no, I disagree with that, you know, and it's okay. I've sent people to the CDC and I will still say go to cdc.gov to look at the cases. But if you're looking at that and you're not seeing, you know, a persistent decline in the numbers, then I think you keep your masks on guys until our people stop getting infected in the tens of thousands every day. I think yeah. it's really important for us to keep those masks on. You know, I don't care if you're vaccinated. I don't care if you're boosted. I think it's still important, you know. And again, I'm fearful. And I know that the second anybody gets infected in our masjid, I'm out of there, you know. So you're like, I'm shutting this down. Yeah, we're just doing that. I'll be at home. So inshallah, that doesn't happen. But, you know, we always uh, uh, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. So... That's the plan. That's all you can do. What does it say? Tie your camel first. Isn't that kind of what the, what it is like? Tie your camel and then pray. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank That's you for musliming it. Muslifying yeah. it. <laughs> Tie your camel first, people. Because yeah. um, obviously God gave you a, a, a brain to think about this. Yeah. I, I have to say, I because I haven't, uh, Quad M was the first um, event that I went to where there was a, like, a lot of people. Um, and I do have to say, it is from a mental perspective, it is a little bit stressful when you're kind of walking in and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, um, but part of me too, I'm just going to be honest with you. I know nobody's, well, including me too. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be honest about it. But I I took mine off because I felt like a a dummy because nobody else was wearing one. And I I totally succumbed to the peer pressure. (laughs) I I succumbed to the peer pressure too. But in fairness, I like tested as soon as I got home, you know, like I tested and I, I, like I did all of that. 
um, because we are yeah. going to be seeing my in-laws and things like that. So I wanted to make yeah. sure everything was um, kosher and we all tested. I, I don't want to bring anything home um, because for two seconds, yeah. I'm like... I have a sore throat. Does that mean something? Yeah, you had a sore throat there. I was so afraid. (laughs) And I was like, oh, but it was nothing. I don't know what it was. It was the one day tested negative. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just a regular cold. But it it is a scary thing. And I didn't hear this, that there would be another spike um, in Memorial Day. Mm. So it does kind of put a damper on um, gatherings. But, you know, my recommendation for people is... It's not for real. It's just... Estimated, guesstimated, estimated that, it will that that's what again. it would be. So my my suggestion yeah. to people is do what's right for your family. Try to take precautions yeah. when you can. And if you feel like it's not going to help, you know, like when in doubt, just stay home because a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, organizations are going to be doing hybrid. They're still going to be offering the virtual plus the in-person yeah. and, and moderated numbers. So do what's best for you all. And the beauty is either is going to be hopefully outdoor and a beautiful outdoor event. The weather is going to be okay. It's going to hold up. I know it's going to be like 200 degrees where you are, but it won't be that hot yeah, where we're not I having am. An outdoor eat, I don't think. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with that. So I, I, I'm going to choose to remain optimistic. Um, and hope that I don't have to wear a mask. But to your point, if we do, then we do have it coordinate with your outfit and be fine. (laughs) It's okay. Like masks never killed anybody. I promise, guys. We're not asking you to gag yourselves. You guys have done this for a couple of years. You know how to do it. 30 more days just at night, if you're going to Travi, is fine. Like, please do it. Um, Or consider those who are um, attending and are immunocompromised or high at risk they are even if they're uh, immunized. So please remember that we are not completely bulletproof just because we've had these shots, but we've done our very best. We can always do better. Um, So I think that's our plans for Ramadan. I'm just so excited to welcome it and to uh, welcome it with our mom sisters. Our crowd has grown. Alhamdulillah. We've had a bunch of people um, start listening, especially after Quad M. And um, I think we forgot to tell people what Quad M is, because I do want to plant the seed for next year for folks, or maybe even for Eid al-Adha. We have, you know, been to Ramadan bazaars before where people are vending their goods at the masjid at like six by four tables or six by two tables, whatever it is, and selling their stuff. Beautiful, wonderful. It's like fun and joy. And there's a jumpy house and a barbecue. It's always great. Quad M is really an elevated bazaar. And it was, I don't even know how many vendors there were. There were like 50 something female vendors selling their goods and items. And it was done so beautifully, so well organized, like kudos to the Quad M team for putting this together. I, it's a Herculean effort and they did it. Um, and I think we should see that happening in more uh, Muslim communities. If it's happening in yours, please contact us. We'd like to know because we had a stall at Quad M too. And yeah. we would love to come to your city and do the same thing. Because, I mean, Zeba, what was the reception to us over there? Oh, I was, one, people didn't know who the heck we were. Okay, I was like, what? We're the best podcast you don't know about. But <laughs> once they met us, obviously, when you see us in person... I think we're pretty cool. I'm a little bit of a nerd cool, but that's okay. Yeah. It was almost like a cool, cool. But it's just one of those things where <laughs> you meet the people you can connect because really that's what we're trying to do, right? Yeah. We're trying to cre- cre- create right. this virtual connection. And there is no um, 
substitute for in-person connection um, and, yeah. and honestly being able to talk to the listeners or potential listeners and be like, what do you want to hear? How can we actually help you? Did you know that we started this? Not because you and I like well, we do like to talk, but not because we like to talk, but because we <laughs> legitimately want to be a resource for people. And how can we help you? And we, I was just so surprised by, uh, you know, the, the open feedback, the, there were people that drove so far to come and actually see us and yeah. take pictures with us. And I was like, Wow, you know, because we're in a little box here, right? We have a microphone yeah. in front of us. We have two boxes. Osman and I have. We're just talking recorded. into space. We're talking into space. Yeah. So to be able to feel like, wow, there is actually somebody listening on the other side. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I know Osma appreciates it as well. Always because we started this with the purest of intentions, and I feel like we continue to try to keep ourselves in check. Um, and when we don't, we, we have the other to remind us, okay, remember what we're doing and why we're doing this. And, you know, you can't please everybody, but really at the core, this is what we're trying to do for our community, whether we agree with it or not. It was, it was a, a humbling experience um, to be able to, to, to feel that and witness that in person for me personally. But what about yeah. for you? Like you, I was shocked that 90% of the people that we met, first of all, were confused. Like, what are you guys selling? And we're like us. <laughs> like, we don't have nothing. products to sell. <laughs> no, it's just us. And we want you to listen to our podcast. And then um, it was, it was uh, shocking to us to hear that they hadn't heard about us. And 160 episodes, three years in, we were like, man, we've worked really hard this means we have to work like even harder. three, four times as hard as we have been, <laughs> even harder to get people to hear us because this is the resource that we wish we had yeah. in the beginning of our mothering journey. At least that's true for me because, you know, I spent a lot of time on Kelly Mom and there was a lot of things that just didn't apply to my demographic because I'm Muslim and, you know, I can't do them. I cannot drink beer to increase my milk. Like, it's just, exactly. can't do it, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you, know, diff- you know, things that we need in the workplace and accommodations that we need in the workplace, accommodations in school that we need for our kids, the ones that we needed when we were growing up. But we, it was a different time, pre-9-11. So post-9-11, it's just... Everybody knows, you know, the last four years, if you didn't know before, you le- really learned in the last four years how badly we need these resources. So we need each other and we can do this better if we're together, if we're learning like together from each other. I think that's really, really important. And that really brought it out for me in Quad M, like, man, we've got to go to more of these events and meet yeah. more of our listeners. Because like you said, that connection in person, so many people were surprised at how tall we are. Yeah. They're like, you guys are super tall. No, you're taller. And I'm like, we're yes. just talking heads on <laughs> video, but yeah, we're tall. Or other people are just um, so tiny. That's how I want to say it. You guys are just tiny. I know. <laughs> we were, were like bite heels. size. Yeah, except oh you goodness, were barefoot so most of the time. Yes. I did I, feel I like barefoot. Gandalf at one point. <laughs> I, was I was like, like oh my God, I didn't wear my heels today because I felt like Gandalf no. already. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to be barefoot. Let's just boo up. But it was just, it was a great experience. And that's something that I feel like that connection that we can continue, you know, to to put, wrap it up in a pretty bow to, to have that, that communal 
feeling and experience and and carry that into the month of Ramadan for ourselves and our family. Oh, so yeah. thank you, Quadin, for kicking yeah. it off for us. We definitely appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. So you want to do rapid fire on each other? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, oh, I, I, yeah. I always want to know what you're reading because, like, I have four books on my side table and two downloaded on Audible that I'm in the process of reading right now. Uh, so it's so hard because I'm like, oh my goodness, which book okay. am I reading today? Because I do, I have different books I that know. I do for different things, you know, so it's complicated. Mm. So I want to start off, I'm going to pull up the rapid fire and I'm going to go, we'll just go back and forth. I'm so starting excited. the timer. What is the book that you're reading right now? The Enneagram and You. It's a book and workbook. I'm trying to go back and review. Did my Enneagram change and learn a little bit more about it that I didn't know? Because you're what learning about, you? about yourself. What book are you reading? I love that. Um, I'm yeah. reading three different books right now. Um, so the first one, I know. Um, actually, this one. It's a really, really good book. I'm going to pull it out. Oh, just to get recertified in neuro linguistic programming um so these are the this is the by the way everybody cheat sheet you can do that because it's it's a quicker it's a quicker read um and the other book i'm reading of course i always go back um to i just finished the wajahat ali book um which was a very good book and very surprising and i mm -hmm. just downloaded um an audible um dare to lead from Brene Brown and Brene Brown, um, which I love because um, I'm I'm in the process of getting certified uh, for executive coaching through her particular institute, and that was the book that I had to finish reading. And for fun, I'm reading yeah. "Apples Never Fall" <laughs> by Leanne Morari. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Morari. Moriarty. Oh, Moriarty. that's fiction. Yeah, it, that's a fiction. Yeah. That's the book. That's the that's what yeah. I listen to when I'm folding laundry. Um, and then the other okay. things are when I'm doing my mindless home ch home tasks like dishes or cleaning cat poop from litter boxes, all that fun stuff. Okay, so we'll write those down because those are actually all really good books. So that my next question is, and I always love learning more about you, what is your favorite dessert? Because I definitely notice you have a sweet tooth, but of everything that you, what is your favorite? Man, my favorite, favorite dessert. I would have to say my current obsession is a good bread pudding. I know you were talking about that. You tried to make me eat it and it was gross. Mm -hmm. What was it called? <laughs> what was the one that you tried? You made me taste. Remember. It was the one that we got from the, the stall next door. And you're like, there's like a put bread. And oh, like the Aisha Saraya. Yeah. So the Aisha Saraya. Yeah. You'll have to taste my Palestinian friends. Aisha Saraya. Like, it's like off the charts. Good. It was completely different. Yeah. When I tasted it, I was like, that's not the Asia Soraya I know. <laughs> I'm like, this was not good. This was not good. But I was able okay. to try the Kanefa. Was it Kanefa for the first time? Kanefa so Queens. We met, we met yeah. the Kanefa Queen. And that was actually really good. And I do have to say, it didn't sound good. And I was very apprehensive she was about so apprehensive and then she finished the whole weird. thing <laughs> but then i ate the whole thing and, 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 and i have like i haven't had sugar but i definitely paid for it the next day everybody i haven't had sugar in a long time yeah but it was worth it totally worth it okay my turn what is something uh a, uh, a secret talent that you have that nobody knows about 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I actually am a really good singer. I do have to say, I used to sing. I have a minor in voice. Oh, that's right. You're a choir. Yeah, I have a. I had a minor in voice in college, believe it or not. Um, and I was wow. supposed to be a pop star. I was just supposed to be a pop star. Um, oh. But it didn't quite happen. Um, but yeah, I actually can sing pretty well. And I used to do that. And I have a minor in voice um, in college. But what... What what I do with that is sing really good lullabies to my children, and that's the extent Beautiful. of it. But what is something that – what is a secret talent of yours? I probably can't share that on air, but what I can share oh, is um, – no. I, I can a pack a lot of calories. I can pack a ton of calories. Like I would and make she's a gr- teeny. This is terrible. I'm No, I'm not teeny, but I can eat like a horse, and people who watch me eat are like – shocked and horrified but they're usually kind enough not to say anything but i've had guys be like oh my god you can eat yeah i sure can you're like i can i should compete one day yeah exactly like (laughs) so good but alhamdulillah you should be thankful because you have a good metabolism and if i even think about eating i gain weight so the fact that you can do that and you're still as tiny as you are that's amazing um so the last question are you ready what is your hogwarts house gryffindor always really not ravenclaw i'm no, I, yeah, so people think I would be Ravenclaw because, you know, I like the numbers and stuff, yeah. but I think I'm pretty fearless and pretty dumb fearless like the Gryffindors are, right? Like Harry Potter and his his crew, pretty dumb walking into some dangerous situations. I'll do that You're too. Like, I have done that, in fact. I, yeah. Okay, so we're going to have to get the story behind that, but we, <laughs> but I love- There's a couple of stories of stupid stuff I've done because I'm just that brave. You're I'm like, not oh, really I'm just going to do that. Oblivious. I'm just going to go in this and see This seems like a good idea out. right now. <laughs> well, I always love getting to know you even better, and I, didn't, I wouldn't have pictured you as a Gryffindor. I would have pictured you more as a I'm going to have Gryffindor. to wear my Gryffindor scarf now for you. Yeah. Gryffindor you scarf. have to do yeah. that. You have to do that. But, mm-hmm. no, we are so excited, and we're wishing everybody um, a Ramadan Mubarak, Ramadan if you're listening Mubarak. to this. Like, I was drinking because we're recording this, and we're not fasting right now. So, in a week, <laughs> we will be fasting, and I will not be drinking my water. But, um, inshallah, we'll see you guys soon, and hope that your Ramadan is blessed. And, and just another note for people, if you can't do the taravis, if you can't can't do all those things you did it because you're in the in the throes of motherhood and mommying by the way being a mother is its own act of worship and you need to embrace that accept it and take ownership of it because trust me we understand we were there we were in the trenches and quite frankly it is some hard work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i ain't harder than that i promise you <laughs> that was awesome. We'll see you guys soon. Alrighty, Assalamualaikum, everybody. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzman Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.